As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to the program. This is Tuesday, and I want to remind you that we have prophesied this is going to be a good week for you, but you have to take it by faith. You know, it's interesting in Greek, the word receive, the Greek word lambano, it describes something that is given that must be taken. Mm. It can be translated to give or to take. Mm. God gives, but you got to take. And it's interesting that Jesus said the kingdom of God is seized by people who take it by force. God is giving us so many things, but you have to be a taker. And so if you believe that prophecy was for you, that you're going to have a breakthrough this week, God's giving it to you, but you've got to use your faith and say, I take it in Jesus' name. Anyway, we declare it to you in the name of Jesus. I'm taking it. Amen. I'm taking it. Are you taking it, Paul? I am. And if you need prayer, I want you to know we are praying people. Denise and I pray for you every night when we go to bed, every day when we wake up. I mean, when we go to bed, when we wake up, we're praying for our partners and for our friends. And if you ever need prayer and you reach out to Rick Renner Ministries, you will find serious people praying for you. Denise, there are some serious people working in our partner care ministry. I mean, really mature believers who know how to pray. We've got missionaries in our, in our praying staff that have been on the mission field like 15 years, 10 years. One just left to go back to the mission field. I mean, that's how serious these people are. I mean, they're, they're really mature, serious believers. And they know the Bible. They know how to pray. Now, they're not designed to counsel. They are there to pray. And if you need somebody to pray with you, call us because you will really be prayed for. Amen. 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 Hey, Mr. Renner, we're glad you're with me and your mother. Thank you. I enjoy being on the home group. I enjoy being with you. The home group is a great place to be. I've got my black tea. I know it may look like coffee, but it's not. I do not drink coffee. This is dark, dark, dark black tea. Sit down, make yourself comfortable, enjoy the home group. Well, for the coffee drinkers, I have coffee. I was raised by Ronald Renner. And that means we grew up drinking coffee. And Denise... And for the water drinkers, I have my water. That's right, Denise. She's always saying you need to refresh. You got to hydrate. You got to hydrate. She's telling me all the time. And I always say, well, there's a lot of water in coffee. And she always says... <laughs> that coffee dehydrates you. That's right. <laughs> Denise helps me. But hey, we're glad you're with us. And we want you to get the brand new series, which we're teaching in the regular TV program this week. It's called The Works of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit. You choose, and it really is a choice. Yes. You choose death-permeated works or life-giving fruit. And you have to make the choice. And we have spent six home groups talking about the fact that we really can make a choice. It's freedom. We have the freedom to choose. We do. It's, it's truly amazing that... Because of the gift of salvation, because we are a new creation, we have the ability to choose where previous to salvation, we simply don't have the ability to choose, but now we can choose between life and death. Now we can choose between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Well, actually, before you're saved, you're just a flesh creature. You function out of the flesh realm, and that is why the Apostle Paul teaches that these two realms are contrary the one to the other. According to Galatians chapter 5, when you choose to walk in the Spirit, 
the flesh throws a fit because it has dominated you your entire life. And when you begin to pull the plug on the flesh, it declares war. And you need to know that's why if you decide, for example, that you're going to lose weight, suddenly you will crave food like you have never craved it before. That is the flesh declaring war. If you've been smoking and you decided you're going to stop smoking, your flesh will declare war. You'll want a cigarette like you've never wanted cigarettes in your life. If you decide you're going to stop gossiping, you'll have the urge to gossip like you've never wanted to gossip because your flesh will declare war. And I think this is helpful so that you can understand what's happening. You know, if you say, my goodness, I'm trying to live for God, and all of a sudden I have all these cravings that are so bad for me. Hey, that means the, the flesh is threatened. But the Apostle Paul said, if you walk in the Spirit, you will in no wise fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can pull the plug on the flesh. Amen. Amen. And last week, you used the word squash. You can squash the, the work flesh. Of anyway, we I want like you to get that. the study guide. It's free. Just go to renner.org to download it right now. And we're offering the entire series. And friend, you know, I'm not trying to sell you something because people are really reaching out to us for these materials. This series is so filled with insights to the work of the flesh. What is the work of the flesh? I go through all those words in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, where Paul uses words that are hard to understand, like lasciviousness, emulations, variants. What in the world are those? I unlock all of it, and it will really mean something to you. And starting today, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Are you guys ready? Ready. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And I want us to begin today in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, hmm, what does that mean when the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit? Well, first of all, let's deal with the word Spirit. Because there's always somebody who asks, well, wait, 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 is that verse talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the human spirit? And the answer is both. We are spirits. But when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit and He begins to produce things. It's like you put a seed in the soil. What produces the plant, the seed or the soil? They both work together. Well, when the Holy Spirit comes into the soil of our spirit, wonderful things can be produced from the spirit realm in us. But it says the fruit of the spirit. And the word fruit is the Greek word karpos. And it is the very word for the fruit of plants, the fruit of fruit, the fruit of vegetables. It can be the fruit of one's body, the fruit of animals. Fruit, 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 fruit. And I want to tell a story about fruit. Many, many years ago, Denise and I decided that we were going to send all three of our sons with a friend to western Ukraine to a little Moldovian town called Rini. We had friends that lived there. So all three boys went there and they lived like they were in National Geographic for a month. Is that right, Paul? It was a lot of fun. I'm very grateful for the experience. It was a three, four-day road trip. <laughs> and then we lived there with the entire Chibotero family. And if there is a Chibotero with us online, please let us know. Мы вас очень-очень сильно любим. We love you very much. But I mean, this town, now, they may not have thought that, but to our eyes, it was so primitive because you could get up in the morning. If you had to go out on the street, you had to wait till all the sheep passed by that were following the shepherd. And then the goats came. And then, of course, when they needed milk, they had to go to the cow in the backyard. And if they wanted bacon, they had to kill the pig. I mean, it was just like, 
It was amazing. So we sent all three of our sons there. Well, finally, Denise and I arrived there a month later to get the boys. And when we showed up, they were suntanned. They'd been swimming in the lake and the river and playing with cows and sheep and just having a block covered with mud because the streets were so muddy. And they just had a great time. But when we walked into the driveway of the home where we were going to stay, it had a veranda over the driveway. And the veranda was covered with grapevines with the biggest, most luscious grapes I had ever seen in my life. I didn't even know that grapes came that big and in that many colors. There were yellow grapes, green grapes, black grapes, blue grapes, purple grapes, 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 grapes. It was amazing. Denise, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I mean, those vines were just heavy, hanging with all the, it was like, it was like a roof of grapes. Well, we sat down to eat, and it was so primitive that they ate on the driveway on a table that they put out, and you ate under this veranda of grapes. And at the end of the lunch, they said, now we're going to have dessert. Well, I expected cake, pie, ice cream. What do you think they brought? Grapes. Bowls and bowls of grapes. And Denise, I remember biting into those grapes, and it was so juicy. I'd never tasted any grapes like that in my life. It was better than any candy or any dessert that could have been served. And I remember thinking, man, I'd like to come back for another helping of these grapes. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is because when you begin to produce fruit, your life becomes so luscious, people are going to want to come back for another helping. You will have more friends than you know what to do with because they will just love to partake of your life. But I have to tell a little part of this story that I haven't told you yet. Joel, when we got home from that trip, ended up having what? An appendicitis operation. Attack. Because he had eaten so many grapes and ate all the seeds that his appendicitis was loaded with grape seeds. And we had to take Joel to the local hospital in Riga. And this was in the very early days when we first moved here. That children's hospital was so decrepit, I couldn't even believe that it was not abandoned. It looked like it was abandoned, didn't it, Denise? They walked us through a corridor that looked scary. Finally, we went into a building where they examined Joel, and they said he needs to have an immediate appendectomy. Well, they put Joel in the bed, and Denise and I were there for that day, and we noticed that the woman who served the food and the woman who mopped the floor and the woman who was Joel's nurse were all the same person. The nurse did everything, everything. It was decrepit. The floors were just concrete. And when they took Joel in to have his surgery, they didn't even have a gurney. The same woman who fed Joel, mopped the floor, and was his nurse, walked in, and we watched as she picked him up and threw him over her shoulder and walked him into the operating room. And as she was walking that direction, Joel was looking at us over her shoulder, waving <laughs> as he went through the door. And I said, Denise, that woman just carried Joel into surgery. Well, Denise said, oh, Rick, I am so upset. She said, look at the environment we're in. I, I just have to pray in tongues. 
Well, I decided to go out and walk around and pray outside. And as I was walking around outside, I noticed there was a big crack in the window of the operating room. A crack so big, a piece of glass missing, that I could stand on the street and watch Joel's surgery. I ran in. I said, Denise, there's a crack in the operating room. We can stand outside and watch the whole procedure. And, and I said, I am not watching that. I'm going to pray. <laughs> but I went outside and I watched the whole surgery from the street through a cracked window. I saw them remove his appendicitis. Anyway, everything turned out fine. But the point is, Joel just ate and ate and ate and ate and ate those grapes because they were so... But he was also eating them before it was time to eat them. He was picking the grapes when everyone said, Joel, you're going to get sick. Joel, you're going to get sick. He got sick while we were in Ukraine. And then he got sick afterwards. But the point is, uh. the grapes were something else. Yes. They were beautiful. They were. And people love to eat luscious fruit. Ay, ay, ay. I'll never forget one time. When our family went to Egypt for a cruise on the Nile, I know that sounds very exotic, but it's not very far from where we live. It's just a couple hours from here, and it was really cheap to go there. Denise, we drank that mango juice like it was water. Ugh, the taste of that was so magnificent. I wanted more and more and more. Well, when you produce fruit in your life, it's really different from work. The work of the flesh, it's hard, it kills, Ugh, it's so terrible. But when the Spirit of God in you begins to produce His spirit, spiritual fruit through you, your life becomes luscious. You become like a bowl of grapes that everybody's going to want to come eat on. Denise? You know, Rick, I remember when we were under that grape canopy, I, and you're talking about when somebody is filled with the fruits and of the Spirit and they're, they're uh, exhibiting the fruits of the spirit that you want to be around them. Well, we had this canopy over our heads. You just can't imagine how beautiful it was. And I just wanted to sit under the canopy. I just wanted to sit under that those that beautiful scene. And when we uh, when we show forth these fruits. There's a beauty that we give out. You know, there's something else, Denise, just thinking about that experience. The environment wasn't very pretty. The house was one of those old houses made of straw and mud, exactly the same process that the children of Israel used in Egypt. But so clean you could eat off the Clean, floor. but I mean, it was very, very primitive, very primitive. The toilet was on the street, not really much running water. Outhouse. It was an outhouse. But the grapes were so wonderful that you couldn't see all the hardships. You just felt like, well, this mm. is so beautiful. And it's amazing that when somebody has fruit in their life, there's a lot of ugly things you don't see because you just see the richness of their life. Isn't that amazing? That's really true. But I want to say something about seeds. We're told in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. Now listen to this. And God said, here's a principle. Let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit, now notice this, after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the fruit yielding seed, whose seed was in itself 
after its kind. And from the very outset, God made the rule that every seed has within itself the ability to produce, and it always produces whatever is the seed. That's why apples always produce. Apples. Apples can't be any other way. Oranges always produce. Oranges. No farmer who has an apple orchard worries that he's going to run out into the orchard and find pumpkins hanging from his apple tree. <laughs> That'd be a shock, wouldn't it? Because apples produce, apples, pumpkins produce, pumpkins, dogs produce, dogs, cats, cats, horses, horses. People produce people because whatever the seed is, that's what it produces. That is a divine principle established by God that has never been violated. Well, hey, hold on now. This is exciting. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, the Bible says we, you and me, all of us, are being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, which means, and here's what happens when you get saved, God puts his seed inside you. He puts his seed into your human spirit, just like you can put an apple seed into the soil of the earth, and the soil and the seed begin to work together to produce a tree, fruit, a harvest. God puts his seed into his spirit, into our spirit. Or John says it like this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. This is so glorious. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. The Greek means doesn't practice sin. He can't go on practicing sin. Why? Because his character was changed. The verse says, for his seed, whose seed? God's seed. God's seed remains in him. And he cannot go on habitually sinning because he is born of God. And the word seed that is used here in Greek is literally the word sperma. It's where you get the word sperm. Which means when we get saved, 1 Peter 1.23 says, God places his word into us. We know the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit comes into the human spirit. We're born again. Suddenly we receive the seed of God, the sperm of God that has the DNA of God, the power of God, the glory of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Everything is in the seed. Actually, whatever God is, is in the seed. And it's placed into the soil of our own spirit. And just like apple seeds produce apples and oranges produce oranges, when a God seed is placed into the soil of the human spirit, Guess what happens? The human spirit working together with that seed begins to produce God fruit. Hmm. God fruit. Which means if you have received the seed of God into you, the natural byproduct of that is you will begin to produce God in your life. Is that glorious? Glorious. What do you think of that, Paul? That's wonderful, and it's a great comparison between the work of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. To have a beautiful garden, you have to work a lot to keep the weeds out. Yes. You have to do something very, very intentional to protect the good so that it actually can produce fruit. We have to make a choice. If we just let things be, if we say, you know, this will work and that will work and, you know, one's not going to bother the other, eventually you'll end up with a mess. You'll have a little bit of fruit and you'll have a lot of weeds because weeds grow faster than fruits. You have to make the choice to protect what it, God has given you and make that the priority. 
But the point that I want to make is that you don't have to say, I'm going to produce divine food in my life. No, you just have to surrender to it. It, it, you, you can't, it's a byproduct. You can't do it on your own. Some people try to do it on their own. Now, you can nurture it by praying, Yes. by going to church, listening to the Word of God, obeying the Holy Spirit. That nurtures the seed. But when a God seed has been placed in you, you're going to produce God fruit. God fruit. And that's what Paul now mentions in Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit produced by the Holy Spirit in our human spirit, the two of them working together. People really get stuck on this question. Is it the Holy Spirit or the human spirit? The answer is both. It's like the seed in the soil. And the fruit produced is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Denise? You know, we were talking yesterday about the flesh about revelings that you have to you have to be going all the time you have to be listening to something all the time you have to be thinking you have to da, da, da. entertaining yourself. entertaining yourself and and we've been given this amazing seed of this, God a God seed inside of us and it's our opportunity it's our responsibility actually to meditate to recognize, to be quiet, and to recognize who lives inside of us. Actually, Denise, being quiet is one of those moments that causes the God seed to be released. Oh, absolutely. It really nourishes the soil so that seed begins to send its roots down deep and begins to grow up and produce. Oh, absolutely. But honey, I think it's so encouraging that each one of us carry a God seed. Oh, it's so encouraging. Isn't that amazing? And the principle is that every seed produces after itself because it has the life of the seed in it. Mm -hmm. So, if, I mean, the principle is that if we have received the incorruptible seed of the Word of God and that the Holy Spirit's been placed inside us, then it is just natural that we produce spiritual fruit, which is this marvelous fruit listed in verses 22 and 23. Paul? If you have not ordered Sparkling Gems, it's time for you to get your own copy of Sparkling Gems number one, and time for you to get your own copy of Sparkling Gems number two. Now, if you've been following along carefully, then of course, you know that you can download the notes from the daily program that we're discussing today, or if you're doing your own reading, you can open Sparkling Gems number one to July 22 and get the definition for the Greek word karpos, which we're talking about today, because all this stuff that we're talking about, and actually the study guide, I've been checking, the study guide has a little bit more material than the Sparkling Gems that were written years ago. Sparkling yes. Gems was written years ago, and so you're getting new stuff today if you download the study, study guide. Which is free. Yes. And how do they download it? You go to renter.org and you'll find a button there to download the study guide. It's amazing. Just amazing. There are so many study guides. Download them all. They're there for you. We made them for you. Denise? Well, I'm just encouraged thinking about who lives inside of me. And, and there's such a power released when you are quiet and you think, about God inside of you. And it, and it says in Psalms, be still and know 
that I am God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's be still and know that I live in you. I mean, here's the instruction. And we're going to reap fruit in our life if we just do one simple instruction. Be still. And recognize. And you begin to produce bowls and bowls of fruit. <laughs> People want to sit under your veranda, eat from your life. <laughs> if you feel like you don't have enough fruit, then friends just move into this realm because you just will have a long line of people wanting to eat from your life. But when we come back tomorrow, we're going to continue, and we're going to see what is the first fruit. The first fruit is going to be good. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.